Along my business journey, one of the most valuable lessons I've learned is to stop and smell the roses. It's not a natural trait for me, nor one I find particularly easy. I'm always looking ahead and moving fast, but the end of the year gives us the opportunity to do just that. And so it's such a treat to sit down with you today with a tea in hand, finishing off my Christmas wrapping and dipping into the archives as I revisit some of my favourite guests of 2020. I'm Holly Tucker and welcome to Conversations of Inspiration. Back in 2006, I founded Not On The High Street from the kitchen table. And since then, I've gone on to launch Holly & Co., I truly believe that building a business, doing what you love, is the key to a happy and fulfilled life. And my guests today are testament to that. Sharing their advice, wisdom and encouragement, each founder in this episode and across the whole series share a rare insight into their journey to help inspire you and yours. Thank you, as always, to Nat West for bringing this free podcast to life. Bow your head and let your eyelids close on down Where we're going you won't need to bring your frown It's been the most unbelievable year that's thrown us curveball after curveball and yet this community has shown such strength and come together like never before. You've used your small business superpowers of agility, connection and authenticity to not only weather this storm but adapt and grow too. For so many of us, our businesses in 2020 have provided an anchor and focus, perhaps even a control over our lives that was far from abundant in normal life this year. I know that the stats are already telling us that more people than ever are following in our footsteps, and this year is set to see a record number of businesses set up. No doubt because people want more control over their own destiny. But more than that, this year has allowed us all to hit that reset button and to reevaluate what we really want from our lives. How we spend our precious hours each day really does matter. And it's why I'll be beating the drum of building a good life business until I'm 90. A guest who echoed this sentiment was Robin Hudson, founder of The Pig, a man who's created my personal heaven on earth. Living a true good life where work and life, dedication and passion, detail and vision all merge into one glorious whole life. If you're truly passionate about this business of hospitality, you can't divorce the two things. You're in it. And as I say, it's 365 days a year, 24 hours. I mean, for the last however long, 30 years, I sleep with one ear open to the phone so that any general manager, even though now there are tiers of ops directors and all sorts of people we employ heading towards a thousand people now and and so on, any of those guys and girls can call me at any time. You know, that's the sort of level of commitment. And I'm just as happy for them to call me about something relatively minor if it means a good ending to a, a story rather than a bad one. Judy and I absolutely immerse ourselves in the trenches. We'll be going down with all sorts of things in the back of the car, you know, light fittings or yeah. whatever. I mean, it's <laughs> super hands-on, you know. We might have a 1,000 staff, but, you know... You're still doing uh, the light bulbs, practically. I, I am. <laughs> I am doing the light bulbs. So for the run-up, you know, hopefully the rooms are usable for about a month before we, or at okay. least some of them are. It's only by using them that we can really find out what they're like. 
As I reflect on the conversation with Robin, it feels like a lifetime ago. We sat together in his hotel sharing tea and biscuits before heading for lunch at the pig after his interview. Sat in his gorgeous orangery, I had a real pinch me moment of deep, deep gratitude that this was my life and that I was lucky enough to interview passionate founders of brands I so admire. As I sit here today, I think back to myself at the beginning of the year, driving down the beautiful driveway away from the pig, never imagining what the year would have in store. I spoke to Robin again later in the year, and whilst he admitted that it had been incredibly hard, it had also forced him to really look at the business, spend time on it rather than in it, and ultimately he believes that they'll be stronger on the other side. I can't help but wonder if it's the deep love and passion for his business that's enabled him to navigate through the most unimaginable and constant storm. It can sound cliched, but it's a sentiment echoed so often by my guests that it's often during the most painful lows that we learn the most. And this could never be more true than for my next two guests, both of whom share that their formative years have been the driving force to success later in life. Firstly, Kanye King, founder of the Mobos and a true trailblazer who set about disrupting the notoriously tough music industry. That moment in my life when I became a parent at such a young age was a defining period in my life. I had to leave school with no qualifications. I remember at the time just kind of feeling sorry for myself. There was this 14-year-old girl who was to become a parent and the father of her child was in prison. And she asked me to help write a letter that would go to him because they hadn't communicated. So I used to write these kind of poems for her. And everybody at the time used to think of her as a horrible bully. But she became this lovely person with a heart of gold. And it changed the way I looked at things. I went from feeling sorry for myself to realizing that I could make a difference and make an impact. Mm. Becoming a parent, I felt that I had let my family down, in particular my mother, because she had high hopes for me. She wanted me to be a teacher. And so can you imagine mm. when I was to become a mother, she thought, and many people around thought that was the end of my life. And I was determined not to be that person. I thought, if anything, I'm going to work harder. I decided that this low point would not define me. And the more rejections I felt, the more I saw them for what they were, a chance to get stronger, not to get bitter, but for me to get better. And I became determined to pursue my own goals. And yeah, it was a low point in my life, but it fueled me to go on and do more, be more and dare more. She was a founder who'd been on my list for many years. And finally, one of the only good things about COVID, I was able to capture her story. And my goodness, what a story it is. Another guest who used his past as fuel for the future was Jay Blades, founder of Jay & Co. And known to many of you as the presenter of BBC Two's The Repair Shop. When you are a giver, when you fall down and you need help, it's very hard to ask the people that you have helped to help you. Not because of a surprise thing, but it creates that uncertainty in some people's lives that it's like, whoa, hold on a minute, Jay needs help. Well, if Jay needs help, what does that mean for me? Who's going to mm -hmm. help me? Mm -hmm. How am I going to focus mm -hmm. and what have you? So I think the thing for me when my marriage broke down and the business broke down, everything just collapsed. It was a case of running. That's what I needed to do, just run away from it all. And I remember speaking to one young person and I said to her, I'm going to go missing for a few days. People might get worried, but 
I'm going to be okay. I just need to get away because it's quite a lot. There was a lot of stuff I was dealing with at the time of the relationship breaking down and also the business breaking down because there was a lot of responsibilities that we had at the time. Getting in the car, I didn't actually know where I was going to go and it was a case of just driving and driving. I did end up sleeping in the car for a few days, ended up staying in a hotel and then I got visited by two police officers, a psychiatric nurse and a community doctor, I believe, that had to assess me to make sure that I was not a danger to myself. I didn't know what I was going to do. I could have drove off a cliff as far Mm -hmm. as I was concerned. My brain was absolutely finished. I had no one to turn to, no one at all. There was no father figure. But then you had a guardian angel who helped you back on track. I think we all have guardian angels. Sometimes we don't recognise who they are. And I think everybody that I've come into contact with in my life has been my guardian angel. I just didn't realise it. To tell the truth, I didn't really have a plan. My guardian angel, or my new adopted brother is what I like to call him, said to me, you can go into this building and do your arty-farty stuff. And the guy that gave me this new kind of arty-farty start was um, (laughs) Gerald Bailey. He adopted me into his family. It was like the rebirth of me. He allowed me to cry. He made it okay. There was no stigma attached to actually showing emotion. Whereas growing up, you show that vulnerability, you are a victim, end of story. And to show your vulnerability and not become a victim was kind of like, was that a lie I was told for the last 40 years? It Mm. must have been a lie because I'm showing my vulnerability to this guy. He's not laughing, he's not joking, he's not told anybody, he's not having a laugh about it at my expense. Wow, how wrong was I? He's such a wonderful role model, and I greatly admire his strength in sharing his journey with such honesty. The theme of surrounding yourself with others runs throughout many of my interviews this year, and I believe for all of us, 2020 has brought our humanness and sense of community very much to the fore. Life is not enjoyed alone. It's about sharing the journey and learning from others. Sir Tim Smith, founder of The Eden Project, gave us some incredibly beautiful words on this very topic in his letter to his younger self. Go think. Go read. Be curious in everything. Don't let people steer you to study science or humanities. Study everything. Savour everything. And learn to see a bigger picture. The choice I have made is that I accept every third invitation I receive unless it clashes with a family commitment. Only in this way can you put your life in social jeopardy. Only in this way can you meet the miracle people, the people you didn't know you needed to meet. This is where magic lies, and in my life, every life-changing meeting has taken place in this place. It is here, my young friend, that you learn the truth of that marvellous Irish saying, random meetings are dancing lessons from God. Remember this even in the darkest time, and who knows what could turn up. Go well, go safely, and develop a profound sense of ridiculous, and love wholeheartedly. You'll find laughter will be your friend. Till later. Speaking to Sir Tim Smith was a defining moment in my life. If you haven't listened yet, I urge you to do so. I left him with a realisation that I'd spoken to a true visionary and one of the greats. He left me with a new focus for my own business, pushing me to think bigger, 
be bolder, be braver. I'll be forever indebted to Sir Tim for giving me the greatest gift, pushing me to think differently and strive to make change in an even greater way. NatWest's support for small businesses goes way beyond simply finance and day-to-day banking. Through their online business hub, you can find all kinds of useful information on how to kickstart and grow your business, from strategy and planning to sales and marketing. And it's all free. Head over to natwestbusinesshub.com forward slash Holly Tucker, where you'll also be able to view my exclusive video sharing top tips for small businesses and sign up for free email business updates. Now, as you know, every week we run a competition with NatWest who give away their ad break to small businesses and independents. They truly believe in the power of small and want to give you the opportunity to showcase your business to tens of thousands of listeners. So let me hand over to this week's NatWest Independent Ad Break winner. My name is Michelle Adams and I'm the founder of Chatty Cats Care, a professional cat sitting company. In London, more than 14% of people are cat owners, while only 9% own dogs. So we know there is a huge demand for a professional cat-loving service. This is where our small friendly team come into play and look after your fur babies while you're away from home. Cats are creatures of habit and they love to be in their own familiar environment. So book your cat a staycation to remember and receive updates, photos, and videos of their daily routines. I've always had a deep connection with cats, and until my darling cat Jerry of 21 years passed away recently, I realised why I'm so passionate about my small business. Pets are like family members, so why not choose a cat-sitting team that has so much love and care to give? Find out more about us at Chatty Cats Care. If you'd like to take NatWest up on their generosity and be heard by tens of thousands of people, we've created more information on what we're looking for at our website, holly.co. Supporting women and their entrepreneurial dreams is one of the greatest privileges on my Holly & Co journey. The letters that arrive from incredible women sharing their small business highs and lows really is humbling. There's little I love more than interviewing incredible female founders who in turn will help the wider community. One of these women is the formidable Jacqueline Gold, CEO of Anne Summers. I really struggled to pick just one clip when listening back to this episode, and I know that the team also found her episode incredibly powerful, but I did manage to whittle it down to just one excerpt. So here's Jacqueline talking about a topic incredibly close to my heart. Actually, we're doing this for other women. Other women need to hear what we're doing because, you know, if we tell our stories and how we started at a very young age and the challenges that we faced... That's just amazing for women. You know, they can think, well, gosh, I can do that. For my daughter and for other women out there, I think the more of us that can really find the courage to do that, and it's incredible me saying that we need to find courage to talk about our success, but it's incredibly important. She honestly is the most incredible woman, and I can't wait to meet her in person post-COVID. Later, you'll also hear her letter to her younger self. I wasn't lying when I said I couldn't just pick one clip. On to another force of a woman and the epitome of a serial entrepreneur. 
Marcia Kilgore, founder of Beauty Pie, Fit Flop, Soap and Glory. I could go on. Marcia joined me remotely from Switzerland to share her journey to creating Beauty Pie, a truly disruptive brand within the beauty industry. She's an incredibly smart woman, and I was really taken with her humour and down-to-earth demeanour. She eloquently articulates her points, and her episode is packed full of useful advice and insights. So I wasted no time in asking her what the secret to creating a great product really is. It's quite easy. I always just say, don't sell it if you wouldn't buy it yourself, right, for that amount of money. And if you would, then great. Then you're on because there will be a lot of other people who will also buy it too. With beauty pie, that's like the extreme. It's like my favorite thing to do in the whole time I've been in beauty is to go to these labs and look at all the stuff and know like this costs really not very much to make. And they would send me home with all these free samples. And I'd have these like boxes of things that came in, big boxes full of lots of products and feel like Christmas. That was what I wanted to bring to everybody because it was such a fairy tale. And then if you think, wow, wow, what if everybody could get those boxes full of stuff that didn't cost very much? That's a fairy tale. We all want the fairy tale, right? So it's just being honest, I guess. And also we talk about trust with customers. So when you are thinking, should we launch this product or not? Like the cap doesn't quite fit or the, you know, this, that, or the other thing. And you think, well, the correct choice right? And the correct decision is always the one that increases your customer's trust. Always. Because if you choose the other one, very likely you're going to end up cleaning up more of a mess and making no profit. And that is just going to take a long time. This is going to be a longer path. Mm. So it can be hard because you have to Mm. sacrifice Mm. very often, you know, in the short term, but just get used to it. Then that's why if you're not so used to living the high life Mm. and you don't really have to spend a lot to be happy and you have other things that fulfill you. You don't really care if you're a little short of money here or there because you're doing the right thing for the customer. And in the end, the growth and the trust that you have pays off more than 10 times. Building customer trust in our businesses is a vital component that so many founders focus on in their conversations. I believe trust is a fundamental pillar to any successful enterprise, and building it sits at the very heart of my next guest's business, Ella's Kitchen. Founder Paul Lindley started his brand on core values, which in turn allowed customers to implicitly trust his new vision of the baby food market. He was a UK trailblazer of the B Corp movement. And in this extract, he shares his passionate belief about how businesses can and should be a force for good. Every business would be a better business if it had its purpose. And that purpose isn't just, well, write it down, it's on the wall and it's there. It has got to be part of the culture and the way you do your business, the why you do your business, the how you do your business. My whole belief is a business is partially about a business plan and those numbers need to work. But it's not really what an investor buys into. It's certainly not what a consumer buys. What they both buy is the people that can deliver that business plan or the product that people have created from that business plan. So it comes back to people. Now, if you look at, okay, the purpose of this business is to make money for the shareholders, then I would question as to why you think you would get the most out of the people that help you with your business. If they are turning up because they can make you the most amount of money for you and you can pay them 
something that satisfies them at this stage. You're at risk that the next guy is going to come on and pay them more. And you will not get them thinking about and being determined to build your business with new ideas if all they want is to sustain the profits of what you're currently doing. So it kind of takes the risk out of a business, a growing business, I think. Then I can give you the cold, hard facts of, you know, we talked about B corporations recently. I'm really proud that Ella's was one of the first ones in the UK. I'm proud that I yes. shared Toast Ale, which is another one. So it's a growing thing. Why is it a growing thing? Because on the one hand, it recognizes the humanness of, this is why we get out of bed. This is the extra zip we have when everything's gone shit. This is why we still want to get up because there's a greater good. But it also reflects in the figures. So I know that B corporations in the last two or three years have grown at 28 times than the rest of the British economy, the non-B corporations. I did not know that. My assertion is that young people that are coming into the workplace now care more about and aware of more about values than they did ever before. They've got the access to what, to understand what you're saying about what in your ad or on your website is true or not at the tip of a finger again. And they will stay longer and want to work harder and want to work for in the first place businesses that I think add something to their journey in life and resonate with their values and their purpose in life, if you like. And you want to retain those people as long as possible. So if you haven't started with a purpose, it's never too late. Work it out. Work it out with your team. But if you're the leader, if you're still the founder, make sure that there's a story around you that is authentic and it is the reason that you believe life's worth living. You know, once you have that anchor, everyone who's involved, every stakeholder, knows why you exist and can know how they can contribute to make it a better company. All year, together with our friends at Three, we're working to make business dreams come true. Share your dreams on social using the hashtag Holly and Co Dreamer and who knows what will happen. Three understands it's been a tough time for businesses, so they're offering their business price promise. A promise that if you find a better deal, they'll beat it. Not only that, I love that they offer up to £500 of benefits from specialist partners to help your business thrive. Head to 3.co.uk forward slash terms for terms and conditions. Now, here's a short story about those that dreamed big and flew. From humble beginnings to becoming a world-renowned department store, Macy's has always been synonymous with Christmas. Founded by Roland Macy in New York City in 1858, it was originally a dry goods store which on its first day of trading totaled sales of $11. However, Macy's grew and expanded into neighbouring buildings and opened up new departments. From early in its retail history, Macy's used publicity devices such as an in-store Santa Claus and illuminated window displays to draw in customers. In 1924, it started the annual Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, the world's largest parade and now a date in every New Yorker's diary. The holiday window displays have become a much-loved tradition amongst tourists and native New Yorkers alike. Every year, Macy's devotes a set of windows to a miracle on 34th Street, the story of a little girl who learns to believe in Santa Claus, which reflects the magic and generosity associated with Christmas. Roland Macy's vision and determination, after many failed attempts, has seen Macy's grow to become the largest department store in the world. 
Don't forget to share your own business dreams on social using the hashtag Holly and Co Dreamer. And to find out more about their business plans, search Three Means Business. Early next year, I'll be interviewing my 100th founder, which when my co-founder Gabby dreamt up this podcast, I could not quite have fathomed. And each week I learn something new. So I feel that this podcast has done just as much for myself and Holly and Co as it has hopefully done for you. It's a variety of guests and just how open they are that fills me with such delight each week. And Samantha Rank was exactly that. Samantha truly touched my soul and this chat made me incredibly emotional because it was really the first time I'd sat down and had a proper conversation about disability. I couldn't really comprehend that I'd not had a conversation like this before now. So bubbly, full of energy and personality, and yet heartbreakingly open and honest about the discrimination she faced in her life. It was perhaps this mix of a brilliantly intelligent, smart and tenacious woman who'd face hardship I'd not been aware of that I found so emotional. So here's the brilliant Samantha in her own words. I'm sorry that people made you feel different from a young age and told you that being different was a bad thing. I'm sorry people overlooked you and made fun of you and mocked you. I'm sorry people scoffed when you said you had aspirations and dreamed big and didn't believe in you. I'm sorry that the doctor at your birth wrote you off within a heartbeat, apologising for your uniqueness. I want to tell you that having a disability is pretty darn magical and that disability is not a dirty word. In fact, your disability has made you more compassionate, more empathetic, more resilient. You are a risk taker and you are a risk assessor. You adapt and you practice gratitude. I'm proud of your tenacity, your courage and your sassiness. You love life and you have passion. You will achieve great things and become a role model to other boys and girls like you. You will leave a positive mark on this world and all of that from someone who many see as a burden. Her spirit was quite exceptional and I'm very much looking forward to working with Samantha in 2021 on some Holly & Co projects around accessibility across our platforms. Talking of spirit, I couldn't do this look back without including one of my funniest guests, Lord John Bird, founder of The Big Issue. He had me in stitches throughout his interview. A larger-than-life character, he really was at the forefront of social enterprise and is now seen as one of the greats. But it was his chance friendship with Gordon and Anita Roddick, founders of The Body Shop, that would lead him to creating The Big Issue. He's testament to trusting your gut and sometimes you just have to go for it. Oh, and the importance of the right brand name. So I did a feasibility study for Gordon. What I did, I call it a Nelsonian. You know, Nelson was asked to, he said, my Lord, all those French ships there and they're going to destroy us. So he put a telescope up to his bad eye and he said, what French? You know, what he was really saying was he was only going to see what he wanted to see. He just wanted to go. So I did a Nelsonian feasibility study and I just went (laughs) round. And if anybody said something nice about the idea of building a street paper or starting a street paper, I wrote it down. And by the time... I presented this feasibility study to Gordon. 
He said, oh, it's really, looks good, doesn't it? I said, brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> and you reckon it's going to cost £30,000? Yeah, yeah, well, that's cheap. I mean, everybody else is talking about hundreds of thousands. Oh, we don't have to do that. And you're saying all these homes, oh, yeah. They all, and all I was doing is looking for a job. Yeah. I wanted a hand up. I said to him, well, I want to call it the big issue. And he said, no, no, that's just a cliche. I told Anita, she said, you're no good at names. You know, that's the big issue. We found out it was a cliche even more when we launched and we had a press agent and they'd give us clippings of every reference to the big issue. And it was like, oh, worms in the soil is a big issue. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> we got all these Gibraltar's uh, baboons or whatever they are. Oh, that's a big issue and all that stuff. But it was brilliant. Now everybody knows the big issue is the big yeah. issue. And yeah. it is everywhere we are like the red telephone boxes he was such fun and i for one am so pleased we have brilliant founders like that in the house of lords beating the drum for governmental change to protect those most vulnerable in our society every week i end my interviews by asking my guests to read a letter to their younger selves and this week is no exception I want to include two letters from Alexia Ng, founder of Cult Beauty, and Jacqueline Gold. Their words, their sentiment, and their deep honesty I felt so important to share with you today. It's been the toughest of years for us all, but from the darkest of times comes light, hope, and a brilliant future. I truly believe that 2021 will be the year for small enterprises to thrive. Consumers have discovered the magic of small, colourful and creative businesses. And as the backbone of this economy, the future of the UK is small. So on that note, I leave you with Alexia and Jacqueline, two women who are ultimate heroines of mine. Well, I have actually three little notes to send myself at different life stages. Ooh. The first is aged 11, when you feel like a bit of a freak. You are the tallest person in your year, a bit chubby and ungainly, and you fit in like a bicycle in a sock. It will take years, but you will come to understand that those most awkward, questioning parts of your being will become the building blocks to a creation that will blow your tiny little mind. And it involves beauty products every day. Your obsession. Keep reading. Introverts don't tend to hit the high notes on the aspirational scale. It doesn't suit the modern image of the go-getter entrepreneur, windswept and interesting with a party in every port. You are an introvert. Learn to love its quiet power. The introverted listener observes what is stirred up and exposed in the wake of an extrovert's propeller. It's easy learnings. You will eventually shed the chubbiness and will even become a model after university. But contrary to expectations, this will teach you that the glamorous dream is a lie. That the rich, sparkly curtain hides an anxious Wizard of Oz, unsure of why he's propagating the myth. Models are considered part of the furniture. Rather than being indignant about this, absorb the insight that spills out of people when you are unthreatening and make them tea. Age 17, on the first worst day of your career, 
You're never going to believe this, but even though today you were just rejected from a job stacking shelves at Tesco, a position on the factory line of an egg processing plant, a jumper folding gig at the Edinburgh Woollen Mill and the graveyard shift of an all-night petrol garage, your career will get better. No experience is wasted. In fact, your many jobs ranging from the mundane to the outright bizarre tyrannical bosses, mind-blowing events, catastrophic failures, and a stuttering inability to choose a career lane were all, it turns out, just packing a life suitcase of contacts, knowledge, blagging practice, and of course, photos for blackmail purposes, as yet unused. You will spend many years waitressing and working the door at clubs, and it will give you a degree in human behavior and a PhD in empathy. It will teach you not only how to disarm an aggressive drunk, but to be disarming to a panel of potential investors. Have the confidence to respect what you bring in your life suitcase so you can use it efficiently. Always take time to bring others up with you. They will be the metaphorical arm to grab when you stumble. Share your good ideas. Ideas jealously guarded shrivel and die. They need light and collaboration to live up to their promise. There will come a time where the world moves so fast that the most precious thing for your business will be originality. And then the last one is age 30, when you are uninspired by your job and love life, sharing a tiny flat in a windowless bedroom where the ceiling is one centimeter shorter than you are. Don't set yourself age-based life markers. It is a sure road to depression because it ignores all the insightful and joyful experiences that come day by day. Focusing on a black and white list of society norms, marriage, money, mortgage, avoids the colorful examination of the areas where you lack conformity and what other opportunities your life has and will present in the future. You will come late to the marriage baby party in your 40s, but any earlier would have seen both suffer in the shadow of cult beauty's conception and the years of toil that followed. The best thing I've learned so far is that advice is a form of nostalgia presented as fact. Listen to people's recommendations in context and never let another person's life choices or achievements make you feel bad or better than them as things can and will switch in a second. It's very easy to give good advice with hindsight. Good luck, girl. You'll be fine. I'm doing this as if I am 12 years old. I want you to know everything is going to be okay and your life will turn around like nothing you could ever imagine. I understand that right now you are living in fear. You are lonely and you have no one to turn to. But believe me, you have so much resilience, courage and fight in you that you will grow up to achieve great things. Remember the many times you were left in danger and the dread of not knowing what might happen next. There seems no end to your trauma and despair. Even after running away from home, you were brought straight back again. And then there was the comment that you were so plain and unattractive or when you were told you were so clumsy, you would knock over a pint of beer in the middle of a football pitch. Not to mention the slap around the face when it wasn't your fault, continually making you feel so worthless. You went through your childhood always believing you were just not good enough. 
but how wrong you were, and so were they. You are sensitive and kind. You are creative and hardworking. And above all, you are stronger than anyone I know. A true warrior who will go on to inspire so many women who doubt themselves. At just 13, you will design crosswords for 50 pence a time. The start of your entrepreneurial journey. Just a decade later, you will begin to change the culture of this country, liberating women between the sheets, ultimately empowering women in the bedroom as well as the boardroom. You will face many challenges along the way, but every challenge will drive you further to achieving what you believe in. There will be the doubters, but you will prove them wrong. There will be the intimidators, but you will fight back. And there will be those that totally underestimate you and your determination to win through. And you will. You will always do things differently, but it's good to be different. You will always push back, but it's good to challenge. You will always speak up, and it's good to put your stake firmly in the ground. There will be those that don't accept you, but there will be many more who love you for what you do. You are a disruptor and a trailblazer, and I love you for that. But now it is time to love yourself. Believe in yourself, step outside your comfort zone, and follow your purpose. And I will be there waiting for you. Oh, dearie me. I'm just so sorry you had to go through so much, but I'm so glad you are who you are. Holly, thank you so much. And if I could just say, when I heard that I had to do that letter, I felt quite nervous doing it because I like to be authentic. And I thought, I can't do this without being honest. And I don't think I've ever spoken as candidly to anybody as I have you on this podcast. So... I just want people to know that, yes, it was a terribly difficult time, but you can turn your life around. Good things can come from it. And I am somebody who looks forward rather than back. And we all have our wobbles about things that have gone in the past, but we can change that. Authenticity and honesty underpin each of their words, and I want to take this moment to say thank you to each and every founder who has been so open and shared their precious time with me to tell their story. In turn, thank you to you for listening each week and being part of this wonderful community. You, as much as the founders I speak to on this podcast, are part of my own journey. And so from me, a personal thank you for bringing me along as your cheerleader. I wish you everything for 2021 and look forward to speaking to you all in January. But for now, happy Christmas. you go, don't forget NatWest's Business Builder. Packed full of videos and advice to help you build your business and give you the tools you need. To find out more, head to natwestbusinesshub.com forward slash Holly Tucker. If you've enjoyed this episode, if it's helped you along your journey or inspired you, would you mind rating and reviewing? 
Your support means the world to me. It really does spread the word and will help inspire even more people to build a life they love. And if you want to hear all our latest news, you can sign up to my weekly newsletter, Holly's Desk Notes, over at holly.co. 